Nearly 50 years ago, Len Ragazin formulated the idea of speed ratings. Today, the Ragazin sheets are still America's premier speed rating product. Who uses Len Ragazin speed ratings? Trainers use the Ragazin sheets to place their horses. Breeders check the Ragazin sheets before making million-dollar decisions. And jockey agents consult the Ragazin sheets when choosing which horse to ride. But most importantly, the Ragazin sheets are used by players like you. The Ragazin Sheets are available online at thesheets.com. Our website also offers free introductory material, including an online seminar. You can also receive free introductory material by calling us directly at 212-674-3123. That's the Ragazin Sheets at 212-674-3123. Ragazin, the most respected name in racing. Planning your visit to Del Mar? Make sure to include dinner at the Pamplemousse Grill for a guaranteed winner. Casual yet elegant, the Pamplemousse Grill offers quality food that delights all the senses. Chef Jeffrey Strauss invites you to try his many creations from his tenure as executive sous chef at Executive Chef at Glorious Food. Private dining is available for your group in one of two intimate dining rooms after you celebrate in the Del Mar Winter Circle. For reservations, log on to pgrill.com or go to opentable.com. Here's a hot tip. On Sunday nights, make sure you try the paella or the spaghetti dinner and choose from a total of 1,500 bottles of wine. Come to where the owners, trainers, and jockeys play after the races. See you at the Pamplemousse Grill, 514 Via De La Valley, right across the street from the backstretch at Del Mar. The Pamplemousse Grill. Have you heard the news? You can get free Formulator Pass performances with DRF Bets. Sign up to get the best bonus in racing with a $250 deposit match and a $10 free bet, plus free Formulator Pass performances. Enjoy all the perks of using Formulator with projected odds, trainer patterns, race and horse notes, replays, and more. Never pay for past performances again. Just use the promo code WINNING when you register at DRF.com bet. That's winning at DRF.com bet. It's post time for Thoroughbred Los Angeles, the most informative and profitable hour of horse racing found anywhere. Thoroughbred Los Angeles is brought to you by Del Mar. Live racing is back where the turf meets the surf. Del Mar, cool as ever. By Daily Racing Form, exclusive past performance content provider for Thoroughbred LA. By the Lay Meridian Hotel in Arcadia, just a furlong east of Santa Anita. Call 626-777-6699 to reserve your Breeders' Cup room now. By today's Racing Digest, where every issue is a handicapping lesson. By the Pimple Moose Grill, Chef Jeffrey Strauss invites you to the best bet at Del Mar. Dinner at the Pimple Moose Grill. By Legacy Ranch, get your young horses started right at Legacy Ranch. By Horsebills.com. Enjoy billing made easy through Horsebills.com. By Semi's Original. Avoid the traffic gridlock. Watch and wager in Orange County where the 5 and 405 freeways collide at Semi's Original. By the California Thoroughbred Breeders Association. It pays to own a cow bread. By the Ragusan Sheets. The most effective handicapping tool available. Get the sheets. By Los Alamitos Night Quarter Horse Racing. Sometimes your best day of racing is at night. By Bruce Finkelstein's BetOnBruce.com. Selections from Northern and Southern California each racing day. 
by the Derby Room at Fairplex Park in Pomona. It's cool, fast, and firm in the Inland Empire's newest and best satellite wagering facility. And by the South Point Casino in Las Vegas, where the action never stops. And now, here are your hosts, John Lindo and Bob Ike. And good morning, and welcome to a Saturday edition of Thoroughbred Los Angeles. I'm John Lindo. I'll be joined by our regular co-host, Bob Ike, and I've got uh, a special friend of ours, a friend of the program, here in studio with me, Jay Pribman. Jay, good morning. How you doing? Good, John. How are you? Good. It's a rare weekend where we have no live racing in Southern California. The, we see the vans coming down the 5 freeway going into Del Mar. The racetrack is open today for the very first time for training. Uh, opening day will be this coming Friday. If you don't have a ticket to get in opening day, uh, you're out of luck. They're sold out. Uh, there are still tickets available for next Saturday and Sunday. We'll be talking a lot about Del Mar, what to look for down there. We'll talk about some of the handicapping contests. It is also opening weekend at Saratoga. A lot going on out there. So let's bring in our, our, our other regular guest host, Mr. Bob Ike. Bob, good morning. How you doing? Hey, guys, doing well. Uh, looking forward to the show today. Looking forward to uh, a good Saratoga card and uh, talking about Del Mar, our favorite place to be, which starts on Friday. Absolutely. First post, 2 o'clock at Del Mar on Friday, and that will be the usual post time most racing days at Del Mar this summer. And, Jay, uh, you know, a, a lot to talk about. One of the things that we have talked about on the show, we, there have been some ongoing problems with the launch of the uh, anti-doping and medication control program run by HISA. And, uh, it, you know, we have some questions. And, uh, I think uh, we're going to get some answers today. Yeah, uh, fortunately, Lisa Lazarus has agreed to, uh, come, the chairman of, uh, or chief executive, I should say, of HISA, has agreed to come on the show and uh, appreciate her making herself available for that. Uh, obviously, this is a pretty heavy lift to get something like this off the ground, and there's going to be some tweaks, I'm sure, to this, but there have been some, uh, from what we can see, some inconsistencies in how some things have been applied, and hopefully we can get some clarity on some of those things. Well, let's bring in Lisa Lazarus now. Again, she's the CEO of the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority. Lisa, good morning, and thank you for taking the time to check in with us at Thoroughbred Los Angeles. Great. Thank you so much for having me, and good morning to you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you've got John Lindo here. I'm with Bob Ike and Jay Priven, and we have a, a few questions to ask you, and, and let me start. And uh, First of all, just so you know, uh, I'm, I'm a, a licensed California owner. I've been active for over 35 years, so... You know, I've, I've been through a few of the wars, and um, I want to go back. And my first question would be uh, something that happened in the spring at uh, Churchill Downs. We saw a spike in equine fatalities shortly before the Kentucky Derby. Uh, they ran the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs, and then uh, shortly afterward, the races were moved from Churchill Downs to Ellis Park. Now, uh, you know, we know that there were concerns about the, the track surfaces, uh, you know, Churchill Downs made the decision to move the, the racing to Ellis Park, but they kept the training open for the daily jogging, galloping, and workouts at Churchill Downs. Now, as an owner, I, I believe that either a track is safe to race and train on, or it's not. And I just want to know what the HISA stance was on uh, you know, the decision by Churchill to move the racing out of concerns for the surface get to keep the horses there and allow them to train on a daily basis. So uh, you may know that Haiza actually made the recommendation to Churchill Downs to move to Ellis Park. And it wasn't based on 
anything specific that we were able to identify with the track surface um, because all of the testing that had been sort of done in the last several months, and we had also, you may know, called in a second expert to look at the surface. Nothing was identified as being problematic or a risk factor, but we felt that given everything that had transpired, the best thing to do, the most prudent thing to do would be to move, especially given that that was an option available to Churchill, and um, and then make sure that there was an, an opportunity to really kind of make sure nothing had been missed and everything was very carefully examined before um, those racing again at Churchill. In terms of leaving the training open, um, you know, that certainly wouldn't have happened if there were any concerns that were raised about the surface. Um, and there's, you know, every, every decision uh, that is made, I think, when it comes to horse welfare has another decision or another nuance that we have to consider. And my understanding is from a horse welfare standpoint, it was also, you know, this, the, the question was, you know, what are we going to do with all these horses? Where are they going to train? How do we safely care for them? And, and I believe that's why Churchill decided to leave um, training open, uh, but, but still added in some, some various rule changes and addi- additional veterinary oversight. So from, from a HISA standpoint, then, if it was your recommendation that they move the live racing to a different venue since they had the option, if there was the option to move those horses to a different venue as opposed to continue to train at Churchill Downs, would that have been the recommendation from HISA? Yeah, I can't really say that today in the moment because we didn't look at it, but I know that, you know, Churchill obviously engaged with the horsemen that were there, and that was something that also the horsemen there felt would be, would be, would be important for them, and they didn't feel there was any real risk. So, um, but it's hard for me to kind of look at that question now with, that, with, the, you know, with, the, benefit, with the benefit of hindsight. Okay. Uh, Bob Ike, uh, you're, we've got Bob Ike via phone over here, and I know he had some questions. I, he's done a little handicapping, including um, Canterbury Downs today, and, and uh, you wanted to talk a little bit, Bob, about some of the things that's happened at Canterbury. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for joining us. Um, I, wanted to talk about the, I wanted to talk about the case of Mac Robertson. Uh, looking at sure. the Canterbury card today, there are 14 horses entered that previously ran for Robertson who is uh, now provisionally suspended by Heisa after one of his horses, a gelding, tested positive for a drug given to female horses when they come into season. So my question is, given that this could have been an honest, honest mistake by a groom or a vet or anyone at the barn, uh, which would have previously resulted in a $1,000 fine and no suspension days, isn't this provisional suspension to Mac Robertson extremely exorbitant given the violation? So let me maybe start a little bit back, if you don't mind, just to give you sort of the overall rationale and principles behind the program that's currently in effect. Um, first of all, it's the World Anti-Doping Code format structure rule set um, that's followed by every Olympic sport, including all the equestrian disciplines, so including um, with regards to a program that applies to horses. Um, the concept behind the provisional suspension, and let me just start with Altranidus, uh, is obviously not my expertise to decide which substances should be on the prohibited list and which ones shouldn't. That Those decisions are made by um, the Antidote and Medication Control Committee that has the expertise and, and the necessary credentials to make those decisions. So I can't really speak to whether or not it should be on the banned list or it shouldn't, but we do have two very separate lists um, with very different consequences under the HISA program. The controlled medications, which are what you typically think of as your therapeutics, but you're allowed to use between races but not on race day, 
those are not subject to personal suspension. Those follow a very different different path. Um, the banned substances are those that are considered to be doping substances and substances that should never either be in a horse or should never be in a horse of a particular gender. And those come with a provisional suspension. And the reason they do is the rationale behind the program, which, again, as I said, is not new to horse racing, is used in, in all the Olympic sports and also in most international horse racing jurisdictions, is that it's based around protecting the trainer who's clean, who's following, who's following the rules. And the calculus is if an A sample comes in for a banned substance, a, a doping substance, what do we do while the case is going through the necessary steps? And the, the, the sort of philosophy of this program is that it is best for the sport, the integrity of the sport, for other trainers who are competing clean for the betting public, to, to tell this trainer he can't train while the case is going through the, through the various steps. Okay, it's a brittle suspension. It's not a summary suspension. It's not a final suspension. However, that trainer has the opportunity to immediately provide any information or evidence that he might have to show that he doesn't have fault or he, he shouldn't be suspended, he or she, um, in a number of different ways, either just directly to HIWU, which is the anti-doping agency that's running the program, um, and, or, or through the request for original hearing, which can come very quickly. But what it does is it doesn't allow kind of the way things used to be conducted, which is allowing some of the can to be kicked down the road, to have multiple delays, where ultimately, you know, the view is that the integrity of the sport is at risk. So that's why it's in play. I mean, I, I really can't speak to the substance itself. That's not my expertise. I don't make those decisions. But I, but I do really believe in the principles behind the World Anti-Doping Code, and I've seen them work really effectively in a number of different sports that had integrity issues prior to the imposition of the program. Well, Jay Priven, I know you had a couple of questions for Lisa as well. I, I did, uh, and thanks, John, and thank you, Lisa, for being on. I did have one quick follow-up to what you just explained. Is the Are the substances uh, that are currently on the list, are they potentially things that can be reviewed if you, like, would go back and say, you know what, maybe we were a little too harsh on, in the case of Mac Robertson, a gelding who ended up getting or testing for a medication that is given to females who come into to heat uh, or anything else for that matter. Uh, is, are these types of medications things that are constantly under review to maybe see if, well, uh, should we classify them differently? Absolutely. You know, 100%. First of all, as science, you know, as science develops, um, there may be science-based reasons to make, to make changes. And a change can either be adding the substance, taking one off, or changing its categorization. Um, and we accept feedback from the public as well. Um, there's a way to provide that, and that will be reviewed by the scientific committee and reviewed by the ABMC committee. Um, but yes, I mean, you know, we're trying to get it right. You know, we're trying to do... There's so many things involved, right, and it's an enormous task. But the goal is to is to penalize and sanction people who really who really should be under the program, but not to um, but not to unfairly sanction behavior that couldn't have been avoided, like an environmental contamination. So yes, we absolutely uh, accept information and we'll make changes that are so warranted. Okay, thank you for that. And this is sort of a a, a corollary to what you just said. Uh, the the horses that were provisionally suspended for uh, interarticular uh, injections, 
there's been, uh, I saw even last night, an update as to how those things are going to be adjudicated. I'd like you to explain the change that was made, but I do want to go back on, on how things were processed earlier. But if you could sort of explain how that has uh, evolved over the last few weeks. Sure. Well, I think maybe what I can start by saying is that I think it's evident, um, for one, that if we, if we realize that we've got something wrong, we will change it. And what happened with the intraticular injections is early um, in, the, in the implementation of the program, uh, we were, you know, I, I got a call from Highwood. Because just so you know, there's a, a separation between HISA and the anti-doping agency, which is required under the statute, under the law. So I actually, I don't find out who was tested positive for a substance until the trainer himself or herself is notified. But I got a call saying we have, like, you know, many, many of these, of these violations of the workout rule. And we realized that the, the rule on the books for a violation of the workout rule was a 60-day suspension for the trainer and a 30-day suspension for the horse. It's not provisional. It's just, it's just the actual the final suspension. Um, and I brought that to the, to the ADMC committee, which is the committee that is responsible for writing these rules. And I said, I really think you made a mistake here. Like, if you look at the overall sanctioning scheme, it doesn't make sense, in my view, um, to, to penalize a trainer 60 days for being off a couple of days on, on a workout versus, you know, you have controlled medications that are just, are start with a first violation of the fine, like a butovage, for example. So, there was a recognition that that, that that was missed, that we got that wrong. Um, and so they reviewed it. And what they all, and so what we did immediately because, you know, we didn't think it was good for the industry or fair or appropriate to suspend, you know, I think it was like 30 trainers um, for 60 days. So what we did instead was we, we declined to enforce suspension on the trainer. But we did enforce the suspension on the horse from the date of injection. Um, I put this issue to the ADMC committee, which, is, again, as I've explained, is the committee that has the authority under the law to make these decisions. Um, and I, I asked a number of different veterinarians to come in and give their perspective. And there are veterinarians on that committee. For example, Dr. Jeff Blea is on that committee. And if you're in California, you may know, know him. Um, and to review, you know, to review the situation, to look at, to look at the inference, look at the data, and, and, and consider whether or not they want to make changes. They decided to keep the rule at seven days for workouts and 14 days for for race day, but they but they lessened the sanctions and changed it so that a, the first violation would be a fine. And there was a lot of debate about whether or not uh, it was necessary to suspend the horse, and ultimately the committee decided that it was not. And so that is why there is a change going forward. We're talking to Lisa Lazarus, the chief executive officer of HISA. Lisa, uh, just to continue on the provisionally suspended uh, interarticular rule, uh, as you said, these uh, the horses, as of now, until the rule change goes into effect, and even after the rule change goes into effect, they're, they're suspended uh, for a month from uh, the time of the injection. What I have been concerned by is there have been a couple of instances, including as recently as July 4th, where horses that were placed on the list not only worked, but in fact raced. Um, and I'm just curious, how can that happen? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's obviously something that we don't want to happen, and that's and that's something that, you know, I take responsibility for happening. But ultimately, it was the volume. The agency wasn't prepared for the volume of those cases, and there's, it takes there's a sort of a chain of command where they have to get recognized by our system and communicated to the anti-doping agency, and there was just a time lag. 
um, that we that we need to fix that we will fix going forward. Well, I'm wondering. I mean, considering that, for instance, the injection notice was dated on June 23. I'm just wondering if the most recent list that I saw uh, that came out on Thursday night, uh, there were at least three horses on the list who had had injection violations after the notice was posted. And I'm wondering if those specifically are going to be subject to you know, a, a harsher penalty, or if they're just sort of getting lopped in with the others who were given, for lack of a, this is my words, not yours, but, you know, a stay of execution? No, it, 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 the, the critical issue is whether or not the trainer received notice. And if the trainer received notice, uh, the letter explained that they were in violation and then what the consequences were, and, and either worked or raced the horse after that notice if the horse was under a suspension, they will absolutely have faced further sanctions. So even if something was posted and, and they went ahead and worked a horse and uh, injected a horse and worked the horse within the, uh, you know, the violation time frame, they wouldn't be subject to a harsher penalty than somebody who might not have known? No, I, they I'm, would I'm not be asset. Oh, okay. So these, so these three that came up potentially could face harsher penalties? They could. Absolutely. Okay, very well. The other, the other thing I was curious about, just regarding what you were explaining about how there were just so many that came in uh, of these, um, it, it almost seems, again, this is from an outsider's standpoint, but it seems almost as though there was strength in numbers here for these individuals because by my way of looking at it, there was a published rule at the time. Now, granted, you guys have gone back and said maybe this rule was in error, but we're going to... Uh, you know, we're, we're going to cut these guys a break. But they did, in fact, violate a rule that was published at the time. We've had other trainers that have violated other rules but are sort of standing on an island because they had a medication uh, violation. And in some cases, they've had to disband their barn and they're facing a penalty of as many as two years. And, and I'm just wondering how someone can violate a published rule in one case and be given sort of a reprieve, and in another case, uh, be facing a, a much harsher penalty, it, it would seem to me that it's almost as though rules are being, you're, you're picking and choosing which rules to enforce harshly and, and which rules to cut people a break on. And to me, if you're going to cut a guy a break, uh, in one instance, maybe there should be a review of, are we being a little too harsh in some of these other areas? So, I mean, listen, you raise a very good point, and these are very, very difficult decisions to make, you know, and they require a lot of analysis and a lot of thought, and, and there, are, there are sort of compelling arguments on both sides. But ultimately, the reason why we, we did make a change with the workout rule is sort of twofold. One is it was a change, um, a real change for the industry in a lot of jurisdictions. Don't forget, California is, you know, is extremely sort of advanced and ahead of the game. And in a lot of jurisdictions, this was a brand, brand new, new rule and, and a brand new um, restriction that obviously to me was not well understood by everyone. Now, while the sanctions under the, under the positive test might have gotten more extreme, you know, having something in your horse's system that shouldn't be there is not a new rule. 
and is not something that um, that trainers had to change habits for and adapt. And and we just you know after a lot of analysis and a lot of discussion made the, the thought that was the better decision. And I stand by it. I believe it's the better decision. But I acknowledge that you can make a compelling argument as you just did that that it wasn't. Um, but you know at the end of the day you know <laughs> we have to make difficult decisions and. Um, on balance, I thought this was the more fair, the more appropriate um, way to go, and was different from, you know, laboratory finding, which has always been um, prohibited, only only the sanctions and the consequences are different. Uh, my last question is regarding uh, just sort of the mechanics of, of hearings after someone is notified of a, uh, of a positive, and, and also the split sample issues that that ones have to deal with. Now, I'm very familiar with the rules in California, and I know in, in the past in California, you would be able to get a split sample, and once there was confirmation, only then would they go forward and say, we're going to potentially have a, a penalty against you. But those things were all done, uh, those costs were absorbed by the California Horse Racing Board. Uh, the licensees got had that happen for them. Under now the new rules with HISA and HIWU, trainers have to pay for split samples. Uh, they also have to pay for arbitration hearings. And it seems to me that that shouldn't happen. Uh, and it potentially really is injurious to a smaller trainer who might not be able to afford or, or, or this as much as someone who has an extremely large barn. And it almost comes off as... You know, I'm sure you're familiar with in the South with the uh, the expression of like a debtor's prison. It, it almost comes off that way, and I'm just wondering if there's been any thought given to that being uh, uh, changed because it it comes across to, again. This is just my viewpoint of it as not being an equitable thing for based on the amounts of horses that some trainers have as as compared to others. Okay, so I think, first of all, just I want to correct some misinformation in, in what you've just said. So, please. Let me just actually, let me actually just share what the costs are. So, if you have a controlled medication violation, which, as I said, is a, is a therapeutic, something you're allowed to use between races but not on race day, um, you, if you, if you request a B sample, you will have to pay for it, um, the split sample, but that has been actually the case in, in a lot of states. I think California is unique. However, there is absolutely no cost for the arbitration, for the hearing, for the legal process. The only cause of a controlled medication violation is the split sample. And if, and if it comes back negative, you'll have your money refunded. Okay, so um, now second, the, the band sub is a little bit different. Um, you do have to pay for the split sample. There are no upfront costs for arbitration. Um, if you want to, if you want to invoke your due process rights to be heard, there's absolutely no upfront cost. Under the banned substance cases, though, the HIWU has the opportunity to ask the arbitrator to, to essentially order the, the covered person to pay some of the costs, depending on the nature of the case, depending on, and they'll consider, you know, your, your, your sort of, your, your economic situation. Um, and that's, that's sort of the standard in other sports, um, and also in the, in the equestrian sports is they look at your culpability, you know, how, how much fault did you have, what's your financial situation, and they, and they will, Potentially, not always, potentially order the trainer to, to, to pay some costs, but that's only once, um, you know, essentially the process is finished and the arbitrator is making a decision. 
All right, thank you for uh, explaining all that. And uh, before I turn it back over to our host, John Lindo, I just want to thank you for taking the time to do this. And uh, I understand you're going to be at Del Mar next weekend for opening weekend, so I'll be yeah. sure to uh, introduce myself in person. Great, thank you, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa, thank you so much, and I appreciate the accessibility. And, uh, again, come on down to Del Mar. We look forward to seeing you. That was Lisa Lazarus, from the CEO from Haiza. Nice of her to join us and answer some questions. We're late on our break. Let's go ahead and take our break. When we come back, we'll start doing some handicapping, and we'll take a look at uh, the upcoming meet at Del Mar. This is Thoroughbred LA right here on AM830, home of Angels Baseball. returns where the turf meets the surf at Del Mar this Friday, July 21st. There's nothing like the sights and sounds of opening day. Plus, be the only winning ticket of the 20-cent Rainbow Six opening day and take home $1 million. Enjoy the fun and make a life-changing score. First post time is 2 p.m. See you where the turf meets the surf. Welcome back to Del Mar. Where the turf meets the surf down at Old Del Mar. Where the turf meets the surf All right now. down at Old Del Mar. Developed by Horsemen, Horsebills.com is a cost-effective, time-saving, environment-friendly, paperless revolution of how equine industries bill and receive payments. Vendors are able to generate electronic invoices for each horse, whose owners can pay through the same website with just one click. Say goodbye to stacks of invoices, handwritten checks, and postage costs. Easy accounting for all parties with the highest online security measures. Get started free at Horsebills.com. Simply register with your name and email address. Free to sign up. No subscription fees to vendors until the first invoice. Is sent. For owners, you get a free account, comprehensive dashboard with information on all horses owned and billing records, ACH and credit card payment options. For vendors, generate invoices efficiently and receive payments quickly from both owners and other vendors. Syndicate and partnership managers get flexible billing and payment options to both vendors and syndicate members. For more info, call 888-938-4643, 888-938-4643, or log on to horsebills.com. That's horsebills.com. Attention Inland Empire racing fans. Watching and wagering on the races just got easier. The Derby Room located at Fairplex Park is open and ready to serve you. Watch and wager in the newly renovated Derby Room on races across the country starting at 9 a.m. each Wednesday through Sunday. Televisions throughout the Derby Room will keep you up to date on all sporting events. Add in great food and a great atmosphere and you'll have the ultimate horse player experience. For upcoming promotions, go to thederbyroom.com, thederbyroom.com. See you at the Derby Room, 2201 North White Avenue in Pomona. Let Legacy Ranch prepare your horses the right way before heading to the racetrack. 
Farm trainer Terry Knight oversees the five furlong training track meticulously maintained by well-known track supervisor Richard Tedesco. Your horses will get the time, experience, and individual attention they need to be fully prepped and give them their best chance for success at the races. Located in Clements, California, the 145 acres of Legacy Ranch provides large pastures and grass paddocks too. For more information or to schedule a visit to Legacy Ranch, call farm manager Terry Knight at 510-928-4980 or log on to LegacyRanchInc.com. Don't forget to check out the Red Hot Legacy Ranch Stallion Straight Fire, Clubhouse Ride, and Mr. Big on your visit. Don't get left at the gate. Be part of the winning team at Legacy Ranch. Online at LegacyRanchInc.com. G'day, this is Michael Rona, and you're listening to Thoroughbred Los Angeles on AM 830 KLAA. Welcome back to Thoroughbred Los Angeles. I'm John oh. Lindo, and uh, our first guest in this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Del Mar, and part of the Del Mar experience for the horse players are all the handicapping contests available on track and on online. And to talk about that, is the Delmar Handicapping Tournament Director, and that's Chris Barr. Chris, welcome to Thoroughbred L.A. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, wanted to kind of go over, you know, you guys have got all types of handicapping contests, anything from a free contest online to some of the higher-end contests. So I just wanted you to give out the schedule of handicapping tournaments and how people can enroll or apply or, you know, call in. Let's get a contact number how they can join and play these contests at Delmar this summer. Well, let's start with the free contest. Uh, we have an online contest at DNCC. You just log in there. Uh, we will select one designated race each day. You get a mythical $100 to bet on win, place, and show bets. Uh, if you're in the top 30 at the end of this season, you'll get some good prizes. And the grand prize is a VIP weekend at Del Mar, including hotel and $1,000 in cash. That's our free online contest. We also have a a big better contest coming up in two weeks on July 29th and 30th. It's on track only. Uh, you have to put up $6,000. 4000 goes to a live bankroll. 2000 goes to the prize pool. With 100% of that is paid out. Uh, we're looking to have over 250000 in prizes up for grabs. And the winner will, will receive 100000 in prizes plus whatever they turn their bankroll into. So they'll be walking out with a, a lot of change on that day. Absolutely, and then I know uh, there's a charity tournament for Little Red Feather, LRF, LRF Cares, and that's on August the 13th. And then uh, your big race of the meet, the Pacific uh, Classic, on Labor Day weekend. You've got a, a wagering contest, a handicapping tournament around that as well. Yeah, the Little Red Feather is a charity event, and it's the $600 buy-in on August 13th. You can play either on track here at Del Mar or online on tvg.com. Lots of uh, nice prizes up for grabs in that. And then our big race day on Pacific Classic takes September 2nd, excuse me, is our Pacific Classic betting challenge. And that's another high-end contest. You can play on track or at tvg.com. The entry fee for that is $4,000. We expect about $150,000 prize money on that. And uh, we're looking to, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to play in our contest and, if, if these are too high for you, there's also ways to qualify for these big money contests, which you can go to horsetourneys.com, and there's feeders into all our contests, really, um, for a nominal amount. 
and to sign up for these contests, do you go to DMTC.com, or uh, is there a phone number that they can call? I would suggest just going to D, uh, DMTC.com and clicking on the handicapping section, and you can get all the details for all our contests. Excellent, Chris. Well, we will be involved. I'm looking forward to those as always, and you always get a great turnout. It's a lot of fun. It is. I hope to see you in one or two of these, John. I will be there, Chris, and I, I want to see you okay. handing me a check. Okay, we'll, we'll uh, make sure uh, we print out one of those big checks and um, see how you do. <laughs> Good. I'll, I'll, I'll get the backseat ready of the car. We'll load it up just like <laughs> Happy Gilmore. How's that? <laughs> Excellent. Sounds good. That was Chris Barr from Del Mar. And, and Jay, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the nuances of the Del Mar meet coming up. And let's bring in Bob Ike as well. And, Bob, I'll ask you first. Um, let's talk about some of the jockeys and trainers to watch at Del Mar. Uh, last summer at Del Mar, we saw Hector Berrios emerge as a terrific, especially on the grass, rider, and he really established himself. Is there a new face or new faces maybe we should watch in the jockey's room coming to Del Mar this summer? Yeah, we have to talk about some fun stuff now, handicapping Del Mar, which is uh, the highlight of the year, in my opinion. Uh, you're right, John. Hector Berrios really came to the fore last year, I thought, as a turf rider. He understood this course very well, saved ground. He had a lot of success. Uh, maybe a new jock to look at, you know, I mean, of course, we're going to have Juan Hernandez, who's been so dominant since uh, Flavian Pratt has left the circuit. How about a guy named Antonio Frezu, who is a, a kind of a new face and, and knows how to get around the turf course. And that's huge at Del Mar. We run a lot of turf racing there. Uh, ground saving trips are extremely important. So maybe look for a guy like that. And uh, the trainers, I think it'll be the usual suspects. You know, you'll have Baffert winning the maiden races, D'Amato winning a ton of turf races. I think Peter Miller is really lined up to have a big meet. He points for Del Mar. And then there's always a couple guys who get hot early, and then they just keep going. Uh, some of the guys that have smaller barns. Last year, you guys remember, Dean Pedersen had that incredible meet. I think he was like 8 for 12. Uh, I hadn't seen anything like it with that kind of high percentage. So somebody like that usually pops up and, and has a great meet. And, um, you know, just as far as it's always been a horses for courses kind of track. And I think one thing, guys, and I, and I know you guys will agree with me, the turf sprints, which are just one distance, five furlongs, you really have to save ground. If you're not a speed horse, uh, you know, that's obviously the, the best, being the speed of the race. But you need to be drawn in, seems like the one, two, three posts just dominate those races. So if you're not on the lead, you better be sitting right behind the leader, saving ground on the rail. That's a winning trip as well in those five furlong turf sprints. Well, Bob, as far as uh, the handicapping goes, it's always a challenge at Delmar. One guy who had it down that we're going to miss, it was announced this week, the passing of the NHC National Horse, uh, Horse Players Championship winner, uh, Jose Arias. He won it back in 2014, and he almost became the very first handicapper to win it twice. He was second in 2021. He was based a lot of the time in Southern California at a Surfside Race Place, the satellite wagering facility. Very soft-spoken guy. I, I hosted him at a seminar, knows his stuff, really nice man, and uh, I was very surprised and sad to hear of his passing this week. Yeah, very, very sad, John. He's only 40 years old, as you mentioned, uh, the winner of the NHC in 2014, almost did it again. He was uh, elected into the NHC Hall of Fame and gave a very nice speech there last year. Just a real good guy. He was nicknamed Champ, so whenever he walked in, everybody would call him Champ. 
uh, hung out in the Eddie Logan. I, you'd see him everywhere, wherever track, Los Al Delmar, and uh, got to spend some time with him over the years. Just a, a really nice guy, very saddened by that. And he has gone just way, way too early at 40 years of age. Absolutely. Well, it's time to get some handicapping done. Bob, I know you looked around the country, and one place that caught your eye was Canterbury. So let's get a play from you from Canterbury Downs today, or Canterbury Park. Yeah, and you know what, guys? I mentioned 14 horses that had been uh, running under Mac Peterson. Well, five of those horses are scratched today, so I'm not sure what's gone into that. He does still start a number of horses there, but a lot of his horses scratched off the card. Let's go to the sixth race at Canterbury. It's a five-furlong turf sprint, and uh, I like number two released in here, who's four to one on the morning line. A couple real fast horses I think could hook up. I look for release to maybe sit right in that slot that I talked about, kind of like the Del Mar turf sprint. Sit right behind him on the rail, and, and I think gets a good trip in here. So six race at Canterbury. Number two released is four to one on the morning line. That'll be my radio pick. And uh, guys, I'll be putting out my handicapping sheet again, starting with opening day Delmar on Friday and then every Saturday and Sunday thereafter. So uh, back in full handicapping mode for the Delmar meet. And John, you'll be uh, making a pick here momentarily, but I just want to remind everybody who heads up to Las Vegas, when you get out of the heat, get into the South Point Hotel. They're open and waiting to serve you. And the window report for Saratoga is available today at the South Point for free. Racebook manager Steve Johnson uh, will book you a room there. Call him uh, at toll-free at 866-780-7223 and get your thoroughbred L.A. horse players rate. John, who is the radio play of the day? Well, I'm going to go to Saratoga race number six. In the sixth race today, number 10, Silver Skillet. First time turf last time. She really took hold and finished well late, got beat a neck at the same level going seven furlongs. I think she'll like the one-mile uh, one distance going two turns here. She just looks like a better filly on the grass than she was on the main track. Seven to two on the program. Number 10, Silver Skillet, race number six for me at Saratoga. And, again, all of our selections, both Bob and I, can be found at todaysracingdigest.com. So uh, you can look online or, uh, better yet, get out to the South Point and get in that book. It's going to be hot out there outside. So, uh, And you know what, Bob? They have some pretty good hot dogs over there. They got a great hot dog cart right behind the race book. I know it well, John. <laughs> All right, guys, let's take our next break. When we come back, we're going to talk to John Hardoon of the Rags and Sheets about Saratoga. We'll touch base with Toby Callett at Gulfstream Park. You're listening to Thoroughbred LA right here on AM830 KLAA, home of Angels Baseball. In the summertime, when the weather is hot, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. When the weather's fine, you got women, you got women on your mind. Angels Radio. AM 830. Now, more than ever, it pays to own a cowbred. Owners of a registered California bred maiden shall be paid $17,500 owner's bonus for winning a maiden allowance race in Southern California and a $10,000 owner's bonus for winning a maiden allowance race in Northern California. These bonus awards are in addition to all regular purse monies won and will be paid within 30 days after the win. California bred $50,000 or less maiden claiming winners will be eligible for the current $40,000 or less starter races too. Take advantage of these tremendous new incentive programs by breeding and buying cowbreds. For information, call the California Thoroughbred Breeders Association at 626-445-7800. 
That's 626-445-7800 or log on to ctba.com. And remember, it pays to own a cowbred. Today's Racing Digest has been dedicated to the survival of horse players since 1970. Exclusive speed, pace, and final time figures, comprehensive performance ratings, and independent clocking information are all included in each Del Mar edition of today's Racing Digest. Looking for some extra help? Individual handicapping products from Thoroughbred Los Angeles radio handicappers Bob Ike, John Lendo, Bob Mazursky, and Toby Callan are available at todaysracingdigest.com each racing day. You can also take advantage of up-to-date news regarding trends, horses to watch, and free educational information. Pick up your copy of Today's Racing Digest on track at Del Mar or log on to todaysracingdigest.com. Set up your account and get ready to win. From dawn's early light until after the sun sets, Today's Racing Digest is working to make your day at the track a winning one. Today's Racing Digest, where every edition is a handicapping lesson. Make plans now to avoid the summer traffic gridlock. Sammy's Original in Lake Forest is looking forward to becoming your wagering headquarters during Del Mar. Their 2,700 square foot Las Vegas inspired race book includes individual viewing terminals, ample self-serve betting machines, live tellers, and there are no parking or cover charges at Sammy's Original. Help celebrate our 10-year anniversary with a special menu featuring rollback prices in the race book for our players. Sammy's Original is located where the 5 and 405 freeways collide in Lake Forest at 23221 Lake Center Drive. First post time meets racing day at Sammy's Original is 10 a.m. Come in, enjoy the great food, the great summer racing, and see what Sammy's Original is all about. For more information, call 949-716-2367 or log on to Sammy'sOriginal.com. See you at Sammy's Original in Lake Forest. The best of quarter horse racing continues at Los Alamitos Racecourse every Saturday and Sunday night. Tonight, look for outstanding pools in our early and late pick fours, with our early pick four pools totaling around $200,000. And racing fans, Los Alamitos continues to offer a traditional pick six with total pools that have been rising every single week. And remember, Los Alamitos will add $10,000 to the pick six pool on Sunday night if there's not a carryover. Looking for a great spot to enjoy the live racing action? The Vessels Club has a great table just for you. For reservations, call 714-820-2681. That's 714-820-2681. And of course, Burgard Sports Bar is open for every live racing program. The best of racing, always at Los Alamitos. Remember, we'll have either a pick six carryover or the $10,000 promo every Sunday night. Angels Radio, AM 830. Let's get right out to New York and John Hardoon of the Rags and Sheets. John, we saw a lot of rain take races off the turf at Saratoga Friday. What are the conditions for racing today with about 25 minutes to post? It's absolutely beautiful. It's a little hot, but uh, the sun is shining and no rain expected till this evening. So if you're handicapping for tomorrow, there may be a washout. Yesterday was a disaster with all the late scratches and all the rain they had, but today is a beautiful day. Excellent. Well, we'll get right to it. How about a radio selection from you today at Saratoga? 
Okay, John, I'm going to have to go to the situation. I don't like picking against the radio host, but uh, that's the situation. I'm sorry. I love the number two <laughs> horse in here, so lib. Uh, four-year-old filly from the Mike Maker barn. Two races for Maker sprinting. Now stretches out, and her third start back off of a layoff. I ride Ortiz aboard to ride four to one in the morning line. I like number two, so lib. Obviously, you can make an exact box with your horse, number 10, Silver Skillet, but I do like the two, so lib. That's number two, Salib, four to one on the program. Race number six at Saratoga for John Hardoon. John, what do you have available today as far as uh, available tracks at johnhardoon.com? Saratoga, Monmouth, J-O-N-H-A-R-D-O-O-N.com. Please, best place, $10, full card, $25. Excellent. Uh, we will talk Haskell with you next Saturday. Oh, good. Look forward to it. Thank you, guys. Stay safe and be well. That was John Hardoon of the Rags of and Jay, it's a good thing that you have, they have exact wagering at uh, Saratoga, and it's an 18% That's takeout. Right. It's, a, it's a good bet. So <laughs> I am all in. We'll play a little exact wager there in the sixth at Saratoga. Let's go down to South Florida now, and we'll touch base uh, with our regular uh, down there, Mr. Toby Callett. Toby, how you doing? I'm great, John. How are you? Good. It's warm all around the country. I'm, I'm assuming it's that same way down in South Florida today. It's hot and humid. The, the humidity almost matches the temperature. It's really steamy. <laughs> well, you know what? I hope you're as hot as that. Let's get a winner from, at, at Gulfstream Park today. All right. I'm going to take you to race six. And what, what better name, horse than the number four, Rhymes Like Dime. Rhymes Like Dime. <laughs> right? Uh, Miguel Vasquez takes the call. Very good claiming barn uh, takes over here. You're familiar with the owner, Paula Capestro. Uh, this is this is a really good spot for rhymes like dimes. Behind rhymes like dimes, we're using the five level E, the one straight shot, and the six create again. Four, five, one, six. We'll get all the six in today's six at Gulfstream Park. That's number four, rhymes like dimes. Race six today at Gulfstream Park for Toby Callett. Toby gave us a winner last week. Rare Jewel paid a nice nine dollars. So see if we make it two weeks in a row. Toby, we'll let you get back to work, and we will talk to you next Saturday as we kick off Delmar. Thanks, John. Say hi to Jay. I sure will. And, uh, Jay, before we go to break, I wanted to uh, let people know we got about 10 minutes to post at Sammy's. The door's open up there. You can play Saratoga and, and all the racing throughout the day. It's air-conditioned. You're going to like it. Same thing at the Derby Room. Cool, fast, and firm. Two great options if you're looking for a place to play today. Let's go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Okay. I just, let's head to our final break, and then we will talk Wiener Nationals tonight. But, you know, it, it, Michael Run didn't have enough races to call. Now he's going <laughs> to call Dachshunds. So we'll, we'll take our break. You're listening to Thoroughbred L.A. right here on AM830 KLAA, home of Angels Baseball. Hi, Toby. Radio AM 830. Where the turf meets the surf down at Old Del Mar. Take a plane, take a train, take a car. There's a smile on every face and a winner in each race. Where the turf meets the surf at Del Mar. 
Beerfest is back at Del Mar, Saturday, July 22nd. Sample over 50 brews, ciders, and seltzers with a variety of gourmet food available for purchase. Your Beerfest tickets are available at DMTC.com. Come out and enjoy opening weekend at Del Mar Trackside with the best craft beers in San Diego. It's a guaranteed winner. See you where the turf meets the surf. Where the turf meets the surf. At Del Mar. At Del Mar. See you at Del Mar. Make the Le Meridian Hotel in Arcadia your place to stay and play on your next visit to Santa Anita. Located just a furlong east of iconic Santa Anita Racetrack on Huntington Drive, the Le Meridian Hotel offers uncomplicated luxurious guest rooms and suites, a fitness center, meeting rooms for your group, and a newly refurbished dining room. A wide open bar and lounge makes the perfect gathering spot after a great day at the track. For reservations, call 626-777-6699 and use your Marriott Rewards points for even more savings. From the early morning workouts until after the last race is official, the Lane Meridian Hotel is a convenient and enjoyable way to maximize your next visit to Santa Anita. General Manager Katie Green welcomes you to a winning experience. The Lay Meridian Hotel, 130 Huntington Drive in Arcadia. The number for reservations once again, 626-777-6699. From Golden Gate to Santa Anita to Del Mar, and everywhere racing is conducted in California, Bruce Finkelstein's Bet on Bruce has you covered. Full card selections available every racing day at BetOnBruce.com. Get advice on multi-wager ticket structures and improve your return on investment with Bruce Finkelstein's BetOnBruce.com. Bet on experience. BetOnBruce.com. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Angels Radio. AM 830. And our next guest was calling races day and night the last couple of few weeks at the Los Alamitos. He's got one track to do tonight, Los Alamitos, but they mixed in 108 dachshunds to go with it. A little wiener <laughs> Sounds a little rough. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> oh, I got it. Michael Rono, your busiest night as far as live attendance will be tonight at Los Alamitos. Yes, indeed. It's hot on the heels of uh, three sets of double-headed weekends. Here I have a total of 22 races crammed into one shift. <laughs> uh, there'll be 14 uh, ducks and races, the Wiener Nationals. Hot dogs. And, uh, and we've got eight equine contests as well. 
So it's uh, it's going to be quite the undertaking. My head will be spinning by the end of the night. It'll, the action will be coming fast and furious. Total cash prizes of $2,300 will be awarded tonight. Uh, the champion uh, weenie will also earn a yellow and red Wiener Schnitzel doghouse and a championship trophy. And uh, as you said, uh, John, more than 100 entries, including seven of the 10 finalists from last year's championship race, including the top four, the super, uh, if you will, finishes from last year are back with Paisley striving to defend her title. Uh, As always, this event benefits the Seal Beach Animal Care Centre. Event T-shirts are available for purchase and uh, you should come on out and uh, head to Los Al tonight because it is great entertainment and the action is thick and fast. And crazy. Michael, you... Yeah, and crazy. Michael, you guys are, are the only game in town this weekend, so what time do things get started tonight and tomorrow, since you don't have to worry about waiting for a daytime program to finish? Yeah, we kick off at 6.20 this evening with the first race around the hook, the 1,000-yard race to get us underway, Jay, and then the first uh, weenie race will be um, just afterwards, around 6.30, and tomorrow's first post is 5 p.m. Oh, Nice. Well, get us uh, get us some uh, some money for this weekend. Uh, uh, who do you like tonight for a radio play? Well, the final race is a hundred yard maiden for two year olds. Uh, the second choice on Ed Burgard's morning line is number six, No Cantel, at five to two. He is my fancy. First time, Jesus Ayala. The horse has had no luck at the start in each of his three races. He had a very nice gate work prior to debuting. He was beaten a nose from the rail last time out. Should have won, in my opinion. And this is the first time he gets to break from the outside half of the field. I think he fits very well in a race with several chances. It's actually quite a good betting race to wrap up proceedings. But I think 5-2 to two is decent enough value for no can tell. Number six in race eight. Hopefully we'll go one better than last week's pick, Sasparilla, who was a maiden, if you recall, against winners in a futurity trial and actually... Not only did she finish second at 9-2, to two, but she ended up being the fifth fastest qualifier to the Governor's Cup Futurity. And so it was a pretty sound effort by Sasparilla. But uh, this No Cantel hopefully finds the winner's circle for us tonight. So that's number six, No Cantel, 5-2 to two on the program. Eighth race tonight at Los Alamitos. Post time for that race, about 9.55. Michael, we'll let you get rested, and we'll let you go to the dogs tonight. How's that? <laughs> Mate, uh, I used to call greyhound racing in Australia as well as harness racing and thoroughbreds back in the 1980s. Uh, but these uh, these wiener dogs are something else. I mean, they're very unpredictable. They zig and zag. And uh, I've got to call um, No Can Tell in the finale, the last equine race, hot on the heels of the championship, wiener national championship race. So hope I can still see straight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll help you cool out fine tomorrow, all right? And we, we No show tomorrow on Thoroughbred LA. Mike has the Sunday off, so take Sunday off, relax a little bit, and we'll talk to you next week. I might be making a beeline for Burger, Burgart Sports Bar after the last tonight to, uh, to just wet the whistle and lubricate the tonsils. <laughs> Sounds good. Good luck today, Michael. Cheers. 
before we go, I know you wanted to mention something. Yeah, I just wanted to thank uh, Saratoga Racecourse. They're honoring Dave Litvin, who passed away last October. The fifth race tomorrow, named in honor of him. So uh, thank you, Naira, for that. I want to thank you, Bob Bike, and especially our, our special guest, Lisa Lazarus, I'm CEO. Uh, and we will be back next Saturday. No thoroughbred LA tomorrow. We'll Home talk game to for us. We'll next Saturday. Good luck, everybody. Home game. To a horse, of course, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. Go right to the source and ask the horse. He'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. Ed. People yakety-yak the street and waste your time a day. But Mr. Ed will never.